Well, like I said, I'm Alvin, and I'm, I'm so happy and so honored uh, to be able to dedicate uh, those children to the Lord. And I just love these families, and I just respect them so much. Um, and it's actually really appropriate that we are uh, dedicating children today because we're talking about family today. Uh, before we get into it, though, I would like for us to do our, our pre-word declaration together. We like to do this here in Nashville Life. Uh, so repeat these words after me if you can. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Uh, well, we are in our last week of our series called Fight Forward. Fight Forward has been the series for the month of May, and I've really enjoyed it. I uh, pray that you all um, feel more equipped to fight forward. In case you're, you're coming for the first time, the, the premise of the series was uh, the body of Christ is advancing in a great way. I believe this applies to Nashville life in some obvious ways like the, like the new building that we're moving into, like the numerical growth that's happening, like the, the babies that are being born. There's a lot of evidence to show that the church is advancing. We are growing. I think it applies to the body of Christ at large as well. Um, I love the time that we're in. It's been tough. It's definitely been trying, but I'm one of those people that I get fired up when I sense resistance, when I sense things coming to the surface, because it means that God is moving. Um, if you look historically, whenever the people of God were, were advancing, whether the Old Testament with Israel or the New Testament church, whenever you saw a move or a promotion or an advancement with God's people, it was always met with resistance and with opposition and with, with attacks and, and adversity. And I think it's so important that Nashville Life is aware of this reality because the alternative is we will misinterpret opposition as defeat if we don't realize that this is actually a part of the process and if this is something that has happened time and time again every time God's people are advancing forward there is adversity and there is resistance and the very thing that we could mistakenly take as defeat is actually a sign that we're moving forward. It's actually a sign that God is moving. It's actually a sign that something beneficial is happening. Scripture goes as far to say we should consider it pure joy when these things happen because it's developing something in us. It's developing something through us. And I want our church to be a church that when resistance comes, and notice I say when it comes, not if, but when it comes, we will not retreat. We will not uh, go into a fetal position. We will... Stand strong, and we will forge forward and keep on pressing, keep our hand on the plow, keep our eyes on the prize, and know that God is moving us forward. It's been happening. I think that's what 2020 was all about. I think it's still happening. I truly believe that the resistance is uh, evidence that the church is on the move. And we can go through these things with confidence because Jesus said not even the gates of hell would be able to prevail. So if the gates of hell can't even stop the church from advancing, how could 
anything else stop the church from advancing. So I want us to have confidence, and I want us to, to know that we are a part of something fierce. We are a part of something amazing, something strong, something that is built to last. Um, so we're talking about family, but we're talking about family the way the kingdom of God sees family. The kingdom of God deals with family a lot differently than the world around us views family. When you see family in the kingdom of God, it's a mission. They're an army. They have an objective. They have a goal. They have vision. And it's so important that we uh, be careful to not conform to the way the world looks at family, but that we subject ourselves and that we align ourselves to the way the kingdom of God defines family, which you will see in scripture is very different than the way society views it. And as people of God, we are unique in the fact that we align our lives with the word of God. Um, so in scripture, you will see that families have a God given purpose. Families have a God-given objective, and families have a God-given mission. You see this all through Scripture with Adam and Eve. There was a call and a mission on their family. With Noah, there was a calling and mission on his family. Moses, there was a calling and a mission on his family. David, there was a calling and mission on his family. Joseph and Mary, there was a call and mission on their family. You see that families in Scripture weren't just a bunch of people living in the same house. They actually had an objective and a vision that they were going towards. And it's important, again, as people of God, as families of God, that we adopt this mindset as well. Jesus was serious about missional families. So serious that he said this. In Luke chapter 8, verse 20 through 21, someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. Jesus was serious about missional families. Mission wasn't just an aspect of family for Jesus. Mission was the qualifier for family for Jesus. If you are about the kingdom of God, he says, we are brothers. If you are about the kingdom of God, we are sisters. We, you are my mother, you are my brother, you are my sister. If you are about doing the will of the Father. Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, he says, Jesus again, for whoever does the will, does the will. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So you see that family and mission go hand in hand. When it comes to the kingdom of God. And again, I understand that the majority of the people in this room don't think of family that way. But that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Because you learn a new way of thinking. You learn how God thinks about things. And the objective and the hope is that you will change the way you think to the way God thinks. Which is why I hope all of us are here today to change the way we think. To change the way we live to where it's less like the way we used to be, and more like Jesus. Am I right? That's why we're here. Are y'all here to change? Okay, awesome. I hope so, because I'm going to preach that. Uh, um, Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. I read it, a little bit of it. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. 
the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So I'm going to talk about this passage because I think it's going to enlighten a lot of us. Um, I think we have a photo of, of a quiver with arrows in it. All right, so a quiver is, is, the, is the container or the carrier, I should say, of, of arrows for an archer. So they pull the arrows out of their quiver, and then they shoot to whether, you know, kill game or to kill the enemy if they are in a war. And the Bible compares children to those arrows. And again, that's not how most of us think of kids as arrows, but let's see what God is saying because think about it, God is family is only a reflection of what's already happening in heaven. Before there was a human father, there was a heavenly father. We're just replicas. We're just reflections of something that's happening there. So I say that because if, if human fathers are supposed to see their children like arrows, then that means that God the Father sees his children like arrows. And, and you see there's... there's you see this evidence in Scripture. Again, uh, with, 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 with Adam and Eve, those were arrows. They're arrows. God said, have dominion. Subdue the earth. I need managers in the earth. I need people to subdue this creation. So his children, his creation, people made in his image, they, were just, they weren't just made for him to look at and take pictures of and say, aw. They, they were people to do a mission. There was a mission. There was a purpose in mind when they were created. They had a job to do, and it was an ex to extend the dominion and the management of God over his creation. With Noah, the, the, the call was to preserve a portion of human and animal life because we're starting over. We're starting over, Noah, and I need you and your family to preserve human life and to preserve a portion of animal life so that we can start over fresh. Abraham, he said, start a family that's going to become a nation that's going to bless the whole earth. Jesus, he says, I'm sending you, son, I'm sending you to rec reconcile humanity to God the Father. And then the church, we're a family. We've got a mission as well. He says, be the light of the world and continue in the mission of Jesus. So you see that every family, God sends his children out like arrows to extend his purposes out into the world. And no matter what the, the calling is, no matter what the mission is, there is a common denominator for all of those examples that I gave. And that is the command to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. All of the families that I listed that God sent out to the world, they had a common objective and a common uh, command, and that was to multiply. Adam, multiply. Noah, multiply. He really had to multiply. They were starting over. <laughs> Abraham, multiply. Jesus, multiply. Church, multiply. Why? Because each person is another arrow in the quiver. Each person that is added is another person to send out for the purposes of God.
the more children of God there are, the more sons and daughters of God there are, the more people the more there are people who think like Jesus and who, who live like Jesus and who love like Jesus. When you think of God and his children, is, is there any wonder why he wants more of them? Why does God want more children? The same reason why scripture says that a father should is because they are arrows in his quiver. More shots of purpose to send out. More shots of purpose, more, more opportunities to send out his purpose into the world, which the purpose of Jesus was to destroy the works of the enemy. So every single person that's thrown out, that's shot out from his bow, is another person to destroy and undo the works of the enemy so that the love, the life, the healing, the deliverance, the truth of Jesus can be spread from this city all the way through the nation to every nation covering the whole world. This is consistent, guys. God has always been about multiplying. Why? Because his children are arrows to send out his purposes. Every child is a shot of God's purpose into the world. Every child is a shot boo, of purpose. And the cool thing about bow and arrow, the arrows go further than the person who's shooting it. So parents, I want you to be encouraged that every child is meant to shoot further than where you are today. Children send out the purpose of God in three ways. Demographically, children send out the purpose of God demographically. Children can reach an age group that their parents cannot. Children have access to people that their parents don't. They see their classmates more than the parents do. They see their teachers more than the parents do. They see their coaches more than the parents do. Your children is the opportunity to win a demographic that you actually can't reach. And if we were wise, we would set our children out to continue to gain the kingdom in areas that we can't. Number two, children send out the purpose of God geographically. Raise your hand if you live in a different city than your parents currently. Raise your hand if you live in a different city. Hands all over. We have been sent out to a completely different location. Education kit sends kids differently. Some people were here for college. Some people moved here because of college. Jobs send kids elsewhere. Relationships send kids elsewhere. So arrows actually send out your kid. Chances are one of your kids are going to end up in a whole different city than you are. So they're able to touch people. You know, because of my parents, Ashley was in Hawaii winning people to Jesus when she lived there for nine months. Because of my parents, I was in Australia doing the work of God. Like, we are going, meanwhile, they're in Nashville, but their arrows are in Hawaii, their arrows are in Australia, their arrows are wherever. Children send out the purpose of God futuristically. Now, this part's a little sad because it all, doesn't always happen that way, this way. But the, I believe the intent is for children to, to live beyond their parents in time. Isaac touched a time period that Abraham didn't. Jacob touched a time period that Isaac didn't. Joseph touched a time period that Jacob didn't. Solomon touched a time period that David didn't. 
I'm ministering to a time period that my grandfather is not around for. And it's because of the arrow in his quiver that the purpose on, uh, of God is now reaching 2021 when he died back in 09. So even future-wise, children are going to be able to reach Jesus in a time period that we won't reach. There's strategy to this. This is what we call legacy. This is what we call legacy. So as we fight forward as a church and as we strategize on ways to advance, let's not disregard our children. They are a major piece of this strategy. Arrows in the quiver that are able to win people to the Lord and send out the purpose of God to a different demographic, to a different location, to a different time zone, time period. Does that make sense? Now, of course, the easiest way to apply this is the children that we saw up here, biological children. But I believe this applies in the spirit as well. And Jesus is a perfect example of that with his disciples. He raised up disciples, which I think is the same strategy. The reason why it's strategy to have all the kids, the same reason why it's a strategy to have a bunch of disciples. Those are more arrows. Those are more arrows shooting the purpose of God in areas, in, in time eras, and in demographics that we can't reach. Let's talk demographically. Jesus, during his time on earth, his demographic was the Jews. He ministered to the Jews, the lost people of Israel. That was it. He said, my calling, my time was for the Jews. But because he had arrows, the Gentiles were able to get saved. People outside of his demographic were able to reach him. Not because he was standing by himself, but because he had arrows. He had disciples who then made other disciples. Now we're in Nashville, Tennessee making disciples. How did we get here? This is a complete different, different demographic. Let's talk about geographically. Jesus, I think studies show that his ministry went in about a 100-mile radius. That's about as far physically as he went. But because he had arrows, they were able to go all over the world, including right here in Nashville. Futuristically, Jesus spent 33 years on this earth. But because he had arrows, people are making disciples in 2021, a completely different time period. So there's strategy in this, guys. There's strategy in, in, in having arrows in the quiver. Again, the big call is to multiply. As we end this series on fighting forward, there is no greater way to gain progress and to gain ground in the kingdom of God than winning people to Jesus and making disciples. Making disciples has been and will always be the most effective way to advance the kingdom of God. Why? Because the more disciples you raise, the more arrows in the quiver. And the more arrows you have to shoot, the better chance you are in this war that we're in. We say this scripture a lot, and hopefully we do more than say it. Hopefully we, we live it. Matthew 28. This is Jesus speaking, verse 18 through 20. 
And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I've said this before, but our time to multiply is now. The last step that we talked about last week, Jesus said, wait for one thing. That was the promise of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost, they came and the Holy Spirit came. They spoke in tongues. They they were able to to win the lost. 3,000 men came to the Lord in one morning. My point is, the Holy Spirit has come. There's nothing stopping us from multiplying. There's nothing stopping us from advancing the kingdom of God. The grace of God has been given to us. The word of God has been given to us. We have everything we need. And again, as we advance forward, there is no greater way to advance the kingdom than to multiply. I'm excited to make disciples because I truly believe that Because of the disciples that I make, the purpose that's on my life to build the kingdom will extend way beyond what I can do on my own. The kingdom of God will be able to spread to a different demographic, people that don't connect with me, but will connect to one of my disciples, will connect to someone that I raise up in the faith. Geographically, go to locations that I'm not at. Time period-wise, when I'm long gone, I love that because of this strategy, because of this method, the kingdom will extend way beyond our time on this earth. Jesus was a missional person. He was serious about family and mission being together, which is why in Matthew 4, Verse 19, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I said it once, I'll say it again. The greatest way to advance the gospel is to reach new people. And I believe that all of you have uh, fish around you. And Jesus says, if you just follow me, I will teach you and make you someone that knows how to fish for people. And then when you fish for them, you make disciples, which is basically just teaching them all that Jesus has commanded us to do, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And if we just stay true to this simple but profound war strategy, we will see the kingdom of God prevail in a way that no other generation has seen. And I believe that. I'm going to ask us to stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that Uh, children were dedicated to you today. 
And we thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us that children are a blessing from you. And they're also little soldiers that can carry out your will into to places that, that they're called to specifically. God, so I thank you for the families and all the children who are dedicated and all the children who are here, all the children that are to come. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us a, convic a conviction to see family the way you see it. Lord, to see it as something that is missional, something that is uh, uh, purposeful for the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for fathers and mothers to, to see themselves as soldiers themselves. Lord, I think sometimes we forget that we are even enlisted in this war. So therefore, we forget to tell our children. So God, I pray, Lord, for all of the, the mothers and the fathers and the future mothers and the fathers to first accept that I'm called, that there's a mission on my life. Lord, and as we walk in it, I'm not even worried that the children, the children will follow. Father, I thank you for those who are in a different space right now. Maybe it's not biological children, but, but spiritual ones. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the same principle applies to disciples. Lord, as we fish for people and as we teach them the ways of Jesus and raise them up to be strong, obedient disciples, Lord, we will see our efforts multiply. There'll be more people filled with the Holy Spirit, more people with a testimony of redemption, more people to invite others to church. And Lord, for those who are, who are fish being uh, caught by your love today, Lord, I pray right now that you would do something supernatural in their heart. Give them a sign that you're speaking to them right now. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would invite them or they would, they would experience uh, the conviction that they are invited. Lord, I pray, Lord, that everybody here would realize that they are being called not just to a family, but to an army. Not just a family, but to a purpose, to a kingdom. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that your love and your spirit would transform their lives so that there will be more arrows in your quiver to where the mission and purpose of Jesus can reach every part of this city, every part of this state, of this nation, and every nation on this earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to offer uh, membership to the family of God. There is a call out for more sons and more daughters, for more arrows in the quiver of God for him to send you out to do major things in his name. If you want to join the family of God, if you want to join this, this mission of spreading the love of Jesus around this world, you are invited right now. And all you have to do is believe in your heart 
and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as simple as that sounds, that's all it takes. Because the Lord says that you will be saved. And when he's, you're born again, he, he transforms your life. My story, uh, I'll just say it really quickly. I, I, I know firsthand how the mission of God and the family of God are one and the same because my time of receiving Jesus and being born again, I was, I was 23 years old and I, I accepted Jesus in a way that actually transformed my life. And I was so excited to be a son of God, to be forgiven. I no longer felt condemned. I no longer felt shamed. I felt free because I was born again, like the Bible says, which is great, huge. But little to my knowledge that that family was also an army because next thing I know, without even really trying, I was also born again into this mission all I did was start telling people about what happened to me and me being born again and people started getting saved and people started getting filled with the Holy Spirit and I was still coming off of the high that I was a son of God now and that I wasn't going to hell anymore little did I know that a, a, an entire ministry was starting why because the family of God and the mission of God go hand in hand when you become a son and a daughter of God, you are born into a mission. You are born into a ministry. You are born into a calling to spread the life and the light and the love of Jesus. And I'm so grateful that that's my story firsthand. I don't have to just teach something because somebody told me. I've actually experienced my salvation seamlessly transitioning into a ministry. And that's why I'm so passionate to tell you people that it's more than just being in the family. You are a part of a purpose, a part of a mission. So if you are ready to join this family, I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. And I believe that something good is going to happen. So repeat this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate salvation. Let's celebrate being brought into the family of God. Let's celebrate having a mission, having a ministry, having a purpose in this family.